0: you know what Ed Gein said about women? Ed Gein? Maitre d'Acanalbar? No. Serial killer. Wisconsin in the 50s.
1: And what did Ed say? He
0: said, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out and talk to her, be real nice and sweet and treat her right.
1: And what the other part of him think?
0: (laughs) What her head would look like on a stick. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears podcast. This is episode number 162. My name is Larry, and my guest host, as always, is Jesselyn.
1: Co-host, I'm not your guest.
0: Oh yeah, guest. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're just, just a plain old co-host, not a guest. There's just... yeah. <laughs> uh, hi everyone. Um, welcome. We got a bunch of movies to talk about. Never listened to us before? Welcome to the show. A little podcast we, uh, Jessalyn and I like to do where we talk about movies and movies that we like, usually in the genre of horror, action, sci fi, cult movies, Charles Bronson, all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very few romantic comedies and a bunch of bullshit that you know those other people watch, not. Well, us.
1: I love that you listed Charles Bronson as a genre. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he
0: is, because we did a bunch of different Charles Bronson movies, so he is his own genre. <laughs> All right, so the first part of the show, what we usually like to do is just talk about movies that we've watched lately, and just go through them, and we'll uh, recommend some and probably not recommend some others. But uh, all right, let's get for let's get uh, let's get to it here. What what do we got?
1: Yeah, just to throw us all off. The first thing we watched was actually a TV show.
0: Ah, didn't yes. Don't do that
1: very often, but uh, this one, people went crazy with this one. Yeah,
0: it, it <laughs> it's funny because this shit happens like every decade or so with some other different race where people find a show from a different country and are like, oh my god, these people know how to make movies and stuff. And and I, <laughs> and I'm hit, sitting back like, yeah, I've seen this shit before, guys. Yep. Like, this has been out for a very long time. Welcome to the rest of the world, kind of thing. Right. But anyway, we'll 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 talk about, uh, yeah, the Squid Game.
1: Squid Game. Uh, Korea makes good movies and good TV shows. Yeah.
0: Well, they're just they're just like every other country, really. I mean, the, there are great artists in every country who make great films. It's just, unfortunately, sure. we don't get to see a lot of them. Right. Unless they're huge hits. Just imagine... Like movies that you love that people barely know. Well, just think about that in other countries. Like how many different films are, are put out that we don't even get to see or never even like released to us in the United States? It's especially like twenty, thirty years ago, when you know, I was going to video stores hunting right. these these movies out because I had some book from Hong Kong that showed all these movies, and I wanted to check them out. So yeah, that, that's how it usually was for me. But anyway, uh, The Squid Game was a huge hit on Netflix, and we finally got around to watching it. And once I figured out what kind of like show or movie it was, it was like, oh, this is like Battle Royale. Right, this is like Battle Royale. <laughs> there we um, go.
1: This is like The Hunger Games, kind right. of. Yeah,
0: kind of. It's, it's a competition for someone to win an extraordinary amount of money and fame And to never have to work again kind of thing. Right.
1: The difference between Squid Game and Battle Royale and The Hunger Games is that in Battle Royale and The Hunger Games, it's uh, children who are forced to fight each other. Yes. In this, it's voluntary. I'm making big quotation marks here. Um, They can, if they all unanimously agree they want to quit and leave, they can do that. Um, in fact, that spoilers did happen uh, mm-hmm. in this, and then they all decide to go back because they need the money. Yeah, so poor. it's this—it's definitely a commentary on this huge class divide and how desperate poor people are for money. I mean, yeah. how difficult it is because of the class divide. Mm-hmm. Um, so the creation of a game like this was pretty easy to put into place.
0: Mm. Um, really, violent Really, uh, the the games that are played in the Squid Games are are old, uh, playground kind of games that about 400 and some different contestants play, mm-hmm. and if you fuck up, you die for the most part. Yeah. Uh, until the last person's there, and then they win all the money. And whenever someone dies, more money's added to the bank.
1: hmm
0: uh, It's like a last man's standings It's a battle royal. That's what it is.
1: Right. And then you win the pot. So some of them I was familiar with as American children's games, but other ones I didn't right, know. Right, yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, this was good though. It was I. Uh, you said it took you a couple episodes to get into it, really. Yeah,
1: because I kept thinking, "I've seen this." Okay, yeah, class divide. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> but then I did get invested in the characters. Yes. Once they whittled them down, so right. to speak. Right,
0: and that's that's a big point of this show is that the the characters really make it because yeah. you could have just threw a bunch of nobodies in or just followed our main person, and it wouldn't have been as good. Uh, so yeah, our are like I want to say, like ten different characters they focus on, maybe even less than that, and yeah. you really start to to care for a lot of them. And halfway through the season, you're like, oh fuck, not all these guys are going to make yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you're going to lose all of them, you're except right. for one. <laughs> you're
0: right, and uh, you're just like, oh. And when you're watching the show, you can kind of guess who's going to win anyway, because we are we do follow one person, right, mostly throughout the show. Plus a few other characters that are, are have backstories and everything, and but you know you 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 know, um, but yeah this is this is definitely a series you should check out. It's it's good and it's only nine episodes. Each episode's an hour. Some are over. Some are under an hour. Yeah, uh, we knocked it out in like three days. Yeah. Maybe even four.
1: Um, yeah, it's really good. It's it's such a bummer. I mean, I don't know what I expected <laughs> when I found out the pre- premise, but it's a huge bummer, and mm. it just keeps getting worse. And if you think you're going to get a happy ending, think again.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Squid Game. I say check it out. Me it's, too. It, seems, it blew up really big. seems like they're coming out with a season two of it. And there's even some asshole on YouTube who recreated the whole thing, and people are actually like, participating in it, but it's not, like...
1: But not getting killed. Not getting
0: killed, no. It's <laughs> more for fun, and so this jackhole on YouTube is doing this whole thing. Okay, that's so, yeah. So, yeah, check out the Squid Game.
1: Yeah, I feel like that guy missed the point of the Squid Game altogether, but fine. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: squid Game, yeah, check it out. <clears throat> so now I kind of want to group these together in... <clears throat> Man, how do I do this? So... I'll group these together in like random that we watched, yeah, and then go for maybe it. Christmas, and then theaters or rent. Okay. So let's start with random.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh There's someone inside your house from 2021 on Netflix. Um, I don't remember a lot of this. You jogged my memory a little bit.
0: Right. Uh, I believe this is the one of all the woke kids. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like a woke slasher film. Woke slasher film. Um, where
1: you think you're gonna see the slasher like horror movie stereotypes, and then they turn that on its head, a little right?
0: Bit. Um, so yeah, a little it was kind of bored, it was a little boring. I, I figured out who the killer is. I mean, it's pretty obvious considering like the tone of this show, of the movie, and what they were going for, and and what's I mean, what's going on in the world today. Um, and the cast is is a mishmash of all different races and uh, genders and sexualities and everything. And I think this is a movie where or the producers or or company who was making it was like, okay, well, there's a standard now that we I think we got to follow in our horror movies where we have to include a lot of different people.
1: Yeah, and you can't kill like the one black person first right. which is something that sadly always happens uh-huh. in horror movies you can't make the transgender character the murderer which right. is something that happens very often in horror really? movies
0: well yeah a few it's movies it's a I trope remember. that happens it was a, yeah. it was oh. uh so like okay well and i think probably everyone's Everyone involved in the movie is like, okay, we can't make any of the races. <laughs> we got to make the rich white guy the killer. So let's do it. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm spoiling it because it's it's okay and kind of right. don't waste your time with this one. Yeah. And not because of the wokeness of it. It's just that it's not very good.
1: Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. All right. Next. Random. Um, Blood Rage. Uh, we watched that on, I guess it's on, what, AMC Plus?
0: Yes, Shudder. Because... Also, because I think, I believe Joe Bob did the movie one time. Yeah. And it's a Thanksgiving-ish movie. Right. I think Thanksgiving is, like, mentioned once or twice right. in the movie. Right, it didn't
1: seem like a seasonal movie at all. It's one of those, it's not a Thanksgiving movie, it takes place at Thanksgiving, yeah. and that's about it.
0: Uh, this one's about two brothers, um... Two brothers. Two, tw- two twin brothers.
1: Uh, he's like institutionalized. Right. Uh, but he's actually the good brother.
0: Right. So he's all fucked up in the institution. And the other brother, you know, slick and suave. And then um, the institution, his mother comes to see him. The mother's not the greatest mother in the world. Um, and the other brother who's free kind of gets, um, everything's fine for him for a while until something sets him off and he starts to kill people. And yeah. everyone thinks it's his brother because his brother escaped from the mental institution. And yeah, that's Well he that, doesn't that's escape,
1: the they let him go, Did I they think, let him after go after ten years. Yeah.
0: Oh shit. Okay, well he's free.
1: So he's free. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, that's that's pretty much the movie. Eighties movie. Yeah um
1: very 80s
0: <laughs>
1: it was okay I, all right i, I
0: kind of enjoyed it
1: i would have preferred to watch it with joe bob but we didn't we watch right. it on our own i would say watch it with joe bob
0: yeah i would say it too but it was it was it was a good time though still uh, a movie that i passed another one of those movies that i passed up in my time were um 80s horror movie that i didn't see that's i, I want to say it's Completely obscure, but it, it's still out there that I mm-hmm. could have watched it, but I didn't. But I'm happy I did finally. Yeah. And it was um, the ending was good. I like the ending of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I say check that one out. Um, yeah, it's an AMC and Shutter. Check it out. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Next in random, we watched Warlock from 1991 ah. <laughs> on Amazon. I actually can't believe I've never seen this movie. Really? It seems okay. right up my alley. It's oh bad. yeah an evil wizard, and it's a 90s horror movie. Yeah.
0: This is originally going to be the movie of the week yeah. until I was like, man, I really don't have too much to talk about with this movie other than uh, I first watched it when it came out, when it was first released on VHS with my cousins. And I thought it was a pretty cool movie, uh, and I really haven't watched it since then. I can't remember watching it since then. But I do remember some of the parts from it. Um... And then after watching it again, I'm like, oh, "It's not the greatest. It's not horrible. It's just one of those."
1: Julian Sands is giving it his all, and yeah. he's great. Watch it for him. He's, he's good. Super
0: evil. Um, but as we were watching this movie, the lead actress in it is absolutely horrible. She's
1: so bad, and I I'm sorry to say it, but she is. She's she's really bad. Um, She's also from, I think she's the other main character in Footloose. and Uh, Waxwork 2. Waxwork 2. To be fair, none of those movies really give her anything to do, including (laughs) this one. Um, But she's supposed to be likable, and she's not. And then there's this other character, Redfern, who's supposed to be the hero. But the first time, the second time you see him, or the first time you see him meet the main character, Cassandra... Um, she's just trying to get away from him, uh-huh. and he punches her in the face.
0: Oh.
1: And then we're supposed to like him after that.
0: Right. Well, well, this movie is about, um, I don't know, the 16, what it, like 1600 or something like that. And Red, this character, Redfern, um, captures or has imprisoned a warlock, played by Julian Sands. And the warlock gets away and uh, does a spell. And Redfern actually kind of transports with him to modern day 1989, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like a fish out of water kind of premise setting up there. Where uh, we first get to see the warlock, Julian Sands, enter the life of our, our female protagonist. And she, he like crashes through a window, so she takes care of him. And then she finds out he's bad because she ends up, he ends up killing her roommate. And then that's when Redfern comes along because he's the guy who was tasked to kill the warlock because he had killed his wife, Redfern's wife, yeah. back in the 16th, 17 1500s or whatever. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's a battle in modern day 1980s with... Um,
1: An evil warlock, played by Julian Sands. Right. So Who can fly stupidly. Yeah. Superman came out in, what, 1978? And that looks way better than his flying in 1989,
0: 1990. So I think about maybe a year or two ago, I believe Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater did this movie. I didn't watch it, but I kind of, after watching the movie, I I kind of remembered them that they might have done it.
1: I'd so, like to see that. I would like to
0: see it too because there's a lot of funny parts in there. Yeah. Which is, I mean, not funny like haha, like you're you're laughing with the movie. No, you're laughing at the movie. at yeah, Certain funny, parts. like
1: I can't believe how bad this is. Did you right. not have enough film to try this again?
0: It seems in like another this,
1: take. <laughs> I don't
0: know if this was ever released in theaters, but um, I, I rented it, and uh, I can understand if it was straight to video because it, it kind of seems like it might have been with some of. The effects were given, and but also at the same time, the scope of the movie is kind of big too, which I yep. got to give it to them for that. Um, but anyway, Warlock, I, I don't know, man. Uh, there's two sequels to the movie too, which I've never seen, and I really don't care to see them. I don't even think Julian Sands is the guy in the sequels either. I think they got a new guy to do it. Good
1: for him. Don't yeah. do this crap, <clears throat> Julian Sands. You're yeah. better than this.
0: Go be evil in some other movie, yeah. which you usually are.
1: Hmm. Uh, I say don't check it out. Fuck uh, this yeah, movie. The protagonist punches a woman in the face, unprovoked, mm-hmm. in like the first 20 minutes. So, mm.
0: nope. I, I'm not saying it's understandable, but at the same time, the dude came from four, or 500 years ago when women didn't have any rights anyway, so, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay. No, I get but, it.
1: Still inexcusable mm-hmm. for me. Don't check it out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, okay. So now let's get into the holiday movies that we've watched. Um, These are all old holiday movies. Uh, The first one, let's get the uh, body out of the way from 2015 on Amazon. We watched this one yesterday. Yes. I feel like I'd seen the box art or the icon art, whatever you call it now, before, but I don't remember ever seeing this movie.
0: Well, you know what? I will say this. With box cover art and movie posters and everything, I want to say that nine out of ten poster, or box art is just borrowed or reproduced from another movie that's already come out.
1: Okay, so maybe I had seen the box art.
0: Probably because I've seen other box art that looks very much like that. Okay. It's like a red cover with black, red and black, and minimalist kind of drawings.
1: Three people at the top of the stairs, body at the bottom of the stairs. But you can
0: barely tell, well, well, it's not even like, yeah, it's, exactly, like the, the bodies at the top are. Uh, the characters at the top of the stairs are very minimalist, mm-hmm. and it's just a very minimalist kind of drawing. I've seen this before in other movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um This one kind of surprised me. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I did too. It's about three, I want to say, women in college, maybe 21, 22 years old. Yeah,
1: early 20s, came back for the holidays, mm. got together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Went to one of their friends' house, uh, it's like the day before Christmas Eve, so they all came, came back in the town, they're hanging out together. Uh, one of them's like, hey, let's go out and have some more fun, so they end up going to this house that she says her uncle owns, which we find out a little bit later that her uncle doesn't own this house, and she used to just babysit there.
1: Happened to know how to where the key was, right. but that's still breaking and entering. Yes,
0: uh, one of the groundskeepers <laughs> actually comes by and sees that there's another vehicle at the house.
1: Larry Fassenden,
0: Fassenden or fastened Fassenden, or whatever. whatever. Um, and whenever we see him in a movie, we're like, oh, great, um, does he have a love interest in this one? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, because he's
1: always with the most beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he's the
1: grossest, you know what? I'm sorry, Larry Fassenden. Um, you're a director and a writer, and I respect you uh, and an actor. I really do. But, like, if we're talking about, like, schlubby guys, you are the schlubbiest I have ever
0: seen. <laughs> and I'm including,
1: like, Kevin James in this list. <laughs> and you managed to get these beautiful women, and I just don't understand it, and I get frustrated every time I see you. But I think you are talented, and I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, Larry Fassenden is... Um, finds the girls at the home, and he's knocked down... They, like, push him down the stairs, and he breaks his neck.
1: They think he's dead for a while, and right. he's out.
0: Right, and yeah. he's out. So, and then that's where our movie goes from there. mm mm-hmm. uh, I say check it out. It, it yeah, was, me too. It was quick, mm-hmm. 70-some minutes long. So if you like a nice, quick movie, this will do it for you. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, The acting was good in this movie.
1: Yeah, so, definitely. I liked I, all three girls. They
0: were all... It was all believable. One of them <laughs> is from VHS... Um, the other ones I really, I can't really place anywhere else. I'm sure I've seen them before. I looked up the others
1: and I don't know either one of them. Mm. Um, Alexandra Tertian and Lauren Molina. I don't know those two, but yeah, Helen Rogers was in the VHS segment, um, where it's, she has that implant in her arm that she's digging out and she's talking to her, what we think is boyfriend. Boyfriend
0: on the internet. On the
1: internet, yeah. And she thinks her house is haunted and yeah, that.
0: Yeah. It's actually a pretty good uh, episode of that.
1: It is. Yeah. yeah, It's one of my favorites. Mm. Um, so I say check out. It's yes. just called, I want to say The Body, but it's not. It's Body from Body. 2015.
0: And it's on Amazon, I believe?
1: It was on Amazon, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, check that one out. Pretty good.
1: Yes. Next up, Christmas Evil 1980 on uh, Tubi. Obviously, this was your pick. Yes, yeah, it I... was.
0: Uh, we were just looking for a Christmas horror movie that we hadn't seen before. Right. We've seen a lot of them, tons of them, and we watch them pretty much every year. So we have to uh, kind of. Find some new ones or else we're going to get bored with the old ones all the time. But Christmas Evil from 1980, another one of those horror movies that passed me by until we finally came upon it and uh, checked it out. Uh, you weren't a big fan of it. You are kind of bored. It takes a while to set this movie takes up. and takes
1: forever isn't? to get going. Into yeah.
0: motion. Um, this one's about uh, these two brothers. One of them... Uh, Cuts, mommy fucking Santa.
1: It's and not even that he's no, like down on his knees and he's kind of smelling her. Yeah,
0: just smelling her legs. Nothing and really happened. Groping her leg and then yeah, then there's no like. I mean, we don't get to see any fucking. You know, we don't get to see Santa getting his groove. You know. Yeah. Uh, he just sees that and then we fast forward 30, 30 years after that and we see him, uh, the little boy who caught Santa fucking mommy is now uh, a manager at this toy factory.
1: And obsessed with Christmas and Santa. That's not that the problem. The
0: right. problem
1: is the mommy stuff, apparently.
0: Yes. So uh, something sets him off. He dresses up like Santa and starts fucking up people that fucked with him. So
1: Like 80 minutes into the movie. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but it takes forever. It does take a while. <laughs>
0: uh, it, it, it tries really hard to set things up for this movie. to to give it really some substance we uh we also get to see his brother too and how he interacts with his family he turned out a lot better um has a couple kids and a wife and it's played by jeffrey damon and um he was the rv driver in the walking dead in the first two seasons
1: yeah dale i should have dale thank you i should have looked that up yeah
0: um, looking very young in this movie. Of course, it's yeah. 40 years before The Walking Dead came out. So, yeah, he's going to be a little, little younger looking.
1: Looking pretty cut. Yeah, he was, he was pretty like, cut in this one movie. One of the first scenes, he's doing push-ups in perfect formation.
0: See, I think this movie, you, you mentioned it. I think it probably was filmed late 70s because yes. um, people are wearing bell bottoms and stuff. So. <laughs> Uh, it probably took a few years for it to come out. But... It has
1: a very 70s feel. All, all the women are useless. So that's a 70s movie. <laughs> because it was around the 80s that the women started becoming the heroines of right. horror movies.
0: Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't really... If, if you're feeling like a, a, If you've never seen it before, of course, uh, and it's Christmas, maybe check it out. Just to see for yourself... Or just to mark something off your list from that's from a while ago. That yeah. would be the only reason why I would say watch this movie.
1: I'm not, like, mad that I lost 90 minutes of my life, but I'm not happy about it <laughs> either. I guess check it out.
0: <laughs> with commercials, too. Yeah, with commercials. To be. <laughs>
1: um, next, and this is the last Christmas movie that we watched that we'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. We watched a few more that we had seen before. Um, and this one, I've never seen anything go for me from a C plus to an F in like thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wind Chill, two thousand seven on Stars.
0: Right, we have uh, it's one of Emily Blunt's earlier movies, mm-hmm. and we got the guy from uh, History of Violence, the young kid,
1: mm-hmm. Ashton uh, Holmes. Yes,
0: and uh, so we got two good actors actually in this movie, and yeah. that's not the problem with the film. It's no. not the acting. It's what happens halfway through. But yeah. uh, pretty much what this movie is is that Emily Blunt is in college and she's looking to go home for the holidays to see her family and everything. Um, she needs a ride. So she puts up, uh, or she actually finds a, uh, like on the student's
1: bulletin, build, board. bulletin board thing yeah.
0: where it says rides to wherever. He they uh, need to go, and so she answers one of these things, and this guy gives gives her a ride. Says that he lives kind of close to where she used to live.
1: Yeah. It's a ride share. I've done that. Yeah. I did that once or twice in college oh, to okay. get a ride home.
0: Yeah. Okay, so she did that, and uh, but we find out that the 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 guy who's driving actually just orchestrated all this because he totally wants to fuck her.
1: He has been clearly stalking her. He knows mm-hmm. everything about her: the food she likes, the mm-hmm. wine she likes. Mm-hmm. he mentions things about her home life that he could never have known mm-hmm. he's never spoken to her before so right. it's not as though this is a friend right um so a stalker is driving her home takes yeah. her off the road and they get stranded right his whole plan is that they're going to have this romantic interaction it'll be a funny story that they have one day mm-hmm. and for the first you know half of this movie she's treating him appropriately like yes. no you're a psycho yes i can't believe you would do all this mm-hmm. all i want to do is get away from you
0: yes But then the other half, she kind of warms up to him. Yeah. uh, Because he got kind of mortally wounded through the car crash in the middle of snow, in the middle of nowhere. Um, But then there's other shit, too. It's just not them in the middle of nowhere. It's that this part of where they crashed is a lot of where a lot of shit happened before, where, like, this cop had killed people... On uh, women, and uh, there's been lynchings and shit that happened yes. over by this bridge. So there's this whole paranormal element going on, too, where these two characters see this cop from the 50s or 60s who killed these people, this apparition.
1: Played it, by Martin Donovan, who you absolutely know. Yeah, he's, he's been in
0: tons of shit. Hey, it's
1: that guy. Yeah. He
0: was in like, Weeds, and mm-hmm. ton, tons of movies. usually he plays a cop or businessman or something like that. Yeah. Oh, he was um, in that one uh, Elijah Wood movie where he goes to meet his dad and his dad uh, is actually imprisoned in the same house. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, damn it. Why would you say that?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. What is it? <laughs> I think that's him, right?
1: I think you're right.
0: Anyway, from so from going from there, I... Um, yeah
1: Come to Daddy. Come to Daddy. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't recommend this movie. It, it was pretty good until... The halfway point, and it kind of got really stupid.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good because even when she's trying, like, like I get that maybe this guy's harmless, and now he's injured, and you're Mm. trying to keep him alive. I totally get that, but it still works for me when she's they're snuggled up together. She's trying to, you know, keep him alive Mm. because he's in really bad shape. He explains to her all the food that he got for her, Mm -hmm. which she accidentally left in the parking lot, so they don't have any food. (laughs) Um, and she says, wow, that basically describes what I would want for my last meal. And then she goes, I got to get a restraining order against (laughs) you. They kind of laugh about it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, she is attracted to him and she wishes that they had that funny story and that turned it, the whole thing into an F for me. Yeah. It
0: was shitty. Yeah. So, uh, no on that one. No wind chill for yeah, us. No
1: wind chill for me. Uh, product of its time, it's in 2007, so fine. You, you fall in love with your stalker. That's what all the rom-coms are yeah. about. But
0: Oh, yeah. And George Clooney produced this one, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> He's one of the Sorry. producers.
1: <laughs> Sorry, George. Uh, wind chill. <clears throat> okay. Now let's get into rentals and what we saw in the theaters. All so right. So let's, let's do the ones that we saw. Well, let's do the one that I saw without you. So I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife Mm -hmm. in theaters, because that's the only way that you can see it. Um, I went in with absolutely no expectations, because I was so horribly disappointed by the 2016 Ghostbusters. And not because they were women, but because it was bad, and there was no (laughs) script at all. Um,
0: Yeah, and, and whenever I talk to people about Ghostbusters 2016, I'm always like... Who is the villain in that movie? And no one can fucking answer no. me. No one has ever answered that question for mm-hmm. me. Who's the villain?
1: It's like Chris Hemsworth, sorta.
0: Maybe I uh, know. <laughs> Barely. Who knows? Like you don't know. It's exactly. ridiculous. It's Terrible. really bad.
1: So, Afterlife, I think, was uh, uh, an attempt to write the ship mm-hmm. that was that had fallen into the ocean in 2016. Mm-hmm. I liked Afterlife. Afterlife is a kid's movie.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: a good kid's movie, but mm-hmm. it's a kid's movie. It's in it's a Ghostbusters reboot starring children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and in that way, it works. But it's n- really nothing like... You know, Ghostbusters 1984, that is not a kid's movie. No,
0: it's a comedy.
1: Yeah, we watched it as kids, but there were plenty of jokes that we didn't get until we were adults.
0: Because that Ghostbusters worked. Yeah. Because... Well, just think of a... a just think of, let's say, Ghostbusters came out back in 1984 again, but the casting was all different. Let's say none of them were comedians. Well, Ernie Hudson wasn't a comedian, really. Right. But let's say it wasn't comedians. Let's just, um, hell, let's just put like Dustin Hoffman in there and a bunch of right. other actors from there, and it would it would have been a horror movie. Then it wouldn't have been a comedy. Yeah. That's what I kind of see with every subsequent ghostbusters movie from this is that it's not necessarily a comedy it's more of a kids movie or it's a horror movie or it's done horribly yeah or it, it just doesn't have that same that same thing like that that you know it you, they it, they ran out of gas after the first movie like we got everything we wanted yeah. out of that first movie and everything since then has just been a remake.
1: And the second movie, because I was still a kid when that movie came out, I still love it but it's basically just a retelling of right. the first movie but not a as good ghost
0: not as good either yeah. they 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 appeal they made it appeal a little bit more to children I think because but that
1: turned out to be their more main audience that's their wheelhouse yeah.
0: and and they have a cartoon and everything so mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's that's I mean that's great marketing right there you mm-hmm. found like your 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 wheelhouses are children and for the for ghosts and everything yeah. and for monsters and for comedy and everything, like it's like people found out that kids have an imagination and like oh they like monsters and stuff wait that's for adults and everything right like no man this is like dude we love this shit like uh, especially like me when I was that age it's like oh dude I love ghosts I love yeah. something different than from what we're getting all the time something interesting doesn't doesn't have to have a personality per se but and it has to give us something. But, right. Um, so I didn't see afterlife. I really don't give a fuck. I really don't care to see it. Ghostbusters wasn't that big of a of a thing to me. I right. like the first one. I think the first one's awesome. The first
1: one's great, fucking
0: hilarious, and it's
1: an adult comedy in that it's ba- when you watch it as an adult, it's about con artists, yes, who happen to stumble upon the end of the world and save right. the day. And then
0: it's not even like they barely even want to do it. Yes. Yeah, they're 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 not heroes necessarily, right. but they're they're kind of forced into doing something, mm-hmm. and that's not like what's the the. 2016 one it doesn't seem like it's this one either because this one is a a bunch of kids kind of taking the mantle
1: and this one is yeah taking up the mantle it's almost a direct like not direct continuation because it happens 30 years later as it should um it's a little bit darker um it begins with egon's death um Mm. spoilers sorry but you know harold Ramis has passed on he's dead yeah he wasn't going to be in it um, so that part's kind of scary and dark, and mm. then it's more like sort of a dark but sort of a lighthearted kids' comedy. And it's funny, and it's sweet, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Now stop.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, you know it's not going to stop. They're just going to keep yeah. going and going and going and going and going. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's what I think. I If the movie's free, I'll check it out, but otherwise, I'm not going to pay you to see it. I no. really don't give a fuck.
1: I agree. Um, I'd say check it out, yeah, but maybe wait until it's free. I would have liked to see it at home. I don't feel like there was a huge need to see it in the movie theaters. Um, but I did like it.
0: Okay. And it just kind of seems like a remake of the first one, man. <laughs> it,
1: it is, because in, with the children, you've got your Egon, uh-huh. you've got your Ray, you've got your, uh, uh... Winston. Winston. And you got your Venkman. Mm-hmm. That all of those you could name each kid and say, "Yep, this is this one. This mm-hmm. is that one."
0: And yeah. even the even the people they fight at the end—it's
1: the same people. It's the same villain yeah. as the first movie. <laughs> so so that's where it kind of it gets a little boring for me because you see Zool and the dogs, and mm-hmm. like, oh, I know that. I know uh, that too. Yeah. Oh, the, I know that one. It's all these winks, like wink.
0: Yeah. It seems like it, it's winking so much, like someone's just like. Has something in their eye, you know, and it's constantly winking.
1: Yeah, right. I still like, I mean, Paul Rudd, how can you not like Paul Rudd? And there's a scene that I think a lot of people hated, but I thought was funny when he's in Walmart, basically alone, and starts getting attacked by Tiny Stay Puff Marshmallow Man <laughs> and the dogs.
0: Which looks like the cleanest Walmart in the world, yeah. too, right? <laughs> cleanest Walmart in the world, somehow empty.
1: Uh, yeah. I say, check it out. Show it to your kids. If you yeah. loved Ghostbusters, your kids might like this one. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Last night in Soho, we rented um, that one. Um,
0: Edgar Wright movie, yeah. Edgar um, Wright movie released in theaters initially, and then now finally, it's come home. Mm-hmm. Um, Edgar Wright movies, I think, are great. They at least every single one's different. There's no, ne- it, it does his movies never follow a genre.
1: Yeah. I, it's
0: different each and every time.
1: I think the only one that I just didn't like was Baby Driver. But all the mm-hmm. other ones I either love mm-hmm. or I liked them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baby Driver I thought was pretty cool. I think it was a little overhyped for me. Yeah. Oh, uh, because people are like, oh my god, fuck a baby driver, baby driver, baby driver. And I finally watched them, I was like, Oh, you yeah, know it it's fine. It was pretty cool. I mean yeah. there was some I liked just the incorporation of music in Edgar Wright's movies is like its own role itself. Um, especially you know you think of Shaun of the Dead the different songs that are playing throughout the whole time definitely Um, and it goes along for Last Night in Soho also where uh, versions of music from today and from the last 20 years is redone in um, the like 60s and 70s so so like the 60s and 70s are covering music from today which I thought was really cool yeah and, um, cause you can, like, oh, I know this song. Oh, fuck. And then they're incorporating it into, like, the dance and everything. Fuck, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the editing in this movie is brilliant. The acting in this movie is brilliant. I uh, really
1: liked this movie. Now yeah. we're talking about Last Night in Soho. Yes,
0: right? we are. Um, Anya T- Taylor Joy is great in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Thomason McKenzie is great in this movie, too. She's, she is our main actor in this one. Uh, she was in the movie Old and, she actually has quite a few other roles, too.
1: Yeah, I've seen her in, in other things. places. Yeah, Matt Smith.
0: Matt Smith great. Is, is great in this movie, too. Uh, all the actors are great. Uh, and, and from what I'm saying right now, it seems like I'm going to say a but. But there is no but. This movie was no, I
1: really liked it.
0: fucking great.
1: And it it kept... <clears throat> I don't want to say it kept Diana Rigg. Let's talk about Diana Rigg. God rest her soul. Right. She was also great in this. Um... It, it kept me guessing a little bit. Like, I thought I had it figured out, and then I changed mm-hmm. my mind, and then I changed it back, and then mm-hmm. I changed my mind, and then I was like, oh, I was right. I was right the whole yes.
0: time. There are, but, there are, it, it is a kind of mystery thrown in there, too. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie is about this young woman who um, is, going, is traveling to London because she got accepted to a school for fashion design.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, She's obsessed with the 60s, mm-hmm. fashion, music, right. everything.
0: And uh, and what we see early on in the movie is that she sees her mother. Uh, she can see apparitions or ghosts. Yeah. And one of them that she always sees is her mother, And but no one else sees her. And we're, we're told that in the beginning. Yeah. So we know that she can see dead people, I guess, or yeah. old old things that have happened before.
1: Because her grandma's concerned about it. Right. In, at the very beginning, and... and... Eloise says so, well I haven't seen her in a while mm-hmm. yeah
0: so she ends up moving to London moving in this um, apartment building because she doesn't like her dorm rooms because everyone there kind of sucks and treats her like shit yeah because she's kind of a weirdo you know the she's weird girl from
1: a rural area of England doesn't yeah.
0: know having too many friends wasn't around mm-hmm. too many people kind of thing so she ends up getting this apartment in London um, rented to her by uh, what's her face Diana Rigg Diana Rigg and uh, she starts seeing things. She starts seeing, um, or she starts kind of following Anya Taylor Joy's character, who is an aspiring entertainer in London at, around the 1960s. So she's mm-hmm. kind of transported back in time and living kind of through Anya Taylor Joy's experiences through London, trying to become a performer, and what that entails. And uh, I don't want to really say anything after that, because you know, things take a turn and um, we get to see a lot of shit. Because I didn't, I knew nothing about this movie. I watched none of the Me trailers. Too. I, didn't know what the I was like, okay, Edgar Wright movie. I don't, I don't need to see anything. Yeah. It's just uh, I'm good. And then, um, yeah, we finally watched it, and yeah, I liked it a lot. Me it's too.
1: I don't want to spoil anymore. It's really good. Top to ten
0: of this year mm-hmm. like my list is, is filling up now uh, Come with a lot of these later movies Um, this one might be one it's going to be close to the top of the list of my favorite movies of this year uh, which we will get through get to next episode when mm-hmm. we do our end of the year top 10 movies
1: yep mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay yeah absolutely check that Last <coughs> Night in Soho I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to spoil yep. anymore yes All right, one more before we get to our movie of the week. All right. Let's do it. Unpopular opinion about Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yes.
0: 2021,
1: I had to buy it. There was no rent (laughs) option.
0: Okay, well, let's just start off by saying this is that we really liked the first Venom. I thought it it was was, funny, yeah. It was funny. Um, I remember when they first started showing the previews, the trailers and stuff for that Venom movie. And they sent them out kind of quick where they didn't get all the effects in the shots yet. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just looked like Tom Hardy on a bike blowing shit up. <clears throat> so it kind of looked like it sucked. So I think people had that stuck in their head when they went to go see this, to see the first Venom in theaters and just didn't like it. I saw it as not like one of these Marvel Universe movies where every film is the end of the earth. And like right. something's going to blow up and end mankind. Every single one of those Marvel movies is like that. This one isn't. Uh, the first Venom isn't. It's, I mean, it's kind of like that, but it's such to like a small part of Earth that it's not affecting this huge population where everything's right. going to fucking hell and buildings are blowing up and all that shit's going on. It's not like that. It's just kind of like a one-off comic book. Like right. how comics used to be, where there's was like a one-off story, I got your villain. <clears throat> Nothing really connected from that. Mm-hmm. And along with that, uh, Venom was funny, and there was some pretty good action. Tom Hardy did a good job. We both enjoyed Venom, while other people kind of thought it was shitty.
1: Yeah, I see <clears throat> the problems. Like, Tom Hardy seems to be the only one in the first Venom who understands what the movie is. Like, everybody mm-hmm. else is taking it way too seriously. Yes. But Tom Hardy understands what this movie is. Yes. <clears throat> in the second one, I feel like now everybody gets that this movie is a joke. Uh-huh. Um, Which makes it funny...
0: I thought this. I thought the second one was fucking hilarious too. I
1: yeah, I thought it was. I liked it. I did. I one of my favorite uh, critics called it the worst movie of the year. <laughs> I completely disagree with that. It's yeah. a little bit of a mess. It was trying to be a James Gunn movie, and it or a Deadpool movie, and it doesn't.
0: A little quite bit, yeah.
1: Get there, <clears throat> um, but I had fun.
0: Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was good to see. It was violent. It was pretty violent too for, for a PG 13 movie. Yeah. Uh, carnage was really cool looking. The effects were pretty good looking. The
1: effects were great, yeah. I thought that all, you know, Venom and Carnage tend to, especially in like comic books and, well, cartoons obviously, they tend to look like comic books or cartoons. In this movie, I felt like they look tangible. Mm, yes.
0: Cool. Um, so yeah, it's a definite yes for me on uh, Venom 2. Let There Be Carnage. Yeah. Uh, the only thing. Uh, I think Woody Harrelson is good as Carnage, but I think I've said before that I think this role was meant for Zach Ward. And I think he would have been a great Venom, too. Yeah, I mean, me not a too. great Carnage. I mean, Carnage, so, yeah. I so, agree. Yes.
1: He would have been a lot of fun, but everybody would have been like, oh, it's a kid from a Christmas tree. Yeah, exactly. We need Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, and I'll close before our movie of the week with my favorite line from Carnage, which was... No one likes you, Dan <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we'll be back with our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2021 Johannes Roberts. Adaptation of Resident Evil. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. This is the reboot of the Resident Evil series on film. Yep. Uh, before we got Paul W.S. Anderson, who pretty much spearheaded like six Resident Evil movies that had very little to do with the video game, and tone wise, also. Mm-hmm. Um, the Resident Evil. Paul W.S. Anderson movies are, I mean, they're action movies. They're not necessarily scary. There's some scary parts in it, but it's mostly action now, Mm -hmm. which actually did happen with the Resident Evil series after a while. In the um, main Resident Evil series, uh, parts 1, 2, and 3, along with Resident Evil Code Veronica, were all... Atmospheric horror games until they got to like Resident Evil 4, which is incorporated a lot more action, a lot more RPG elements, and uh, you can like upgrade your weapons and everything. A lot more action packed. This um, which part four is actually my favorite yeah. Resident Evil game of all of them.
1: And part four is actually when I stopped playing the Resident Evil games until seven. So, until yes, yeah, so you didn't <laughs>
0: like the uh, third person shooting one all that much.
1: No, and I didn't like. I don't like all the combat action. Mm. I don't care about the co op stuff. I wanted the atmospheric horror game.
0: Right, which um, this movie actually does compared to the other ones that came out prior to it. Um, this one is very, very close to the uh, part Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2. Yeah. They kind of mixed both of them together. And I can see why they did that. Because the first Resident Evil game involves a mansion that is um, is is investigated by uh, the S.T.A.R.S. members. It's like a police group. I think it's uh, damn. What does stars stand for? Is uh, you uh, should know this something tactical. Whatever they're like, special unit of the police department. Um, included in the stars uh, group of cops are um, is uh, we have Jill Valentine, who was a major part of uh, Resident Evil One, Three, and. Five, along with Resident Evil Revelations. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get all this shit from memory here. She's played by uh, Hannah John Kamen. Uh, another member of Stars is Chris Redfield, played by Robbie Amell.
1: Special Tactics and Rescue Service. Yes,
0: there we go. <laughs> um, Robbie Amell is the brother of the Green Arrow.
1: I think they're cousins, they're cousins. actually. Yeah, uh, I don't whatever. think they're brothers. Okay.
0: Uh, Chris Redfield was in Resident Evil 1... Uh, 5 and Code Veronica along in uh, 6 too, 2 so he's featured prominently throughout the Resident Evil series mm-hmm. we have Albert Wesker played by Tom Hopper he is the big guy from the Umbrella Umbrella Academy TV show um, he's
1: also a Tarly in Game of Thrones. I don't remember him. Oh,
0: yeah. He, Dick
1: Tarly. Right.
0: He gets uh, wiped out by the dragons.
1: Ah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. He's one of the... Because all the Tarlys are dicks except for the one we like, right?
0: Right, right. <laughs> and he's actually kind of bad. He's not one of the bad Tarlys. He's oh, just kind okay. of like... He wants to, uh, to serve his dad. He wants to make his dad I proud gotcha. and shit kind of thing. And we also had Brad Vickers from... Um, The games, too. He's in Resident Evil 1 and 3. Uh, I don't know the actor. He's not even on here. Uh, The characters are Claire Redfield, who is Chris Redfield's sister. She is in Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil Code Veronica, and Resident Evil Revelations 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's played by Kaya Scadillario, who was in, like, uh, a bunch of kind of, like... Young young adult novel movies and the, the she Maze was, Runner, yeah, the Maze series, Runner series, yeah. and she was also in that um, uh, uh, Crawl, that mm-hmm. the alligator movie, which she's pretty good in that too. Yeah, uh, and also f- uh, featured is Leon S. Kennedy, who was in Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Four, and Resident Evil Six.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is uh, played by Avan Yoshia, who. Um, I have no idea who this dude is. Probably, he's probably he in some other shit, so...
1: it's from Zombieland Double Tap, but I oh, have no memory of that he movie. He was like the
0: hippie dude in yeah. that movie. That movie sucked. Anyway, um, Donald Logue plays Chief Brian Irons, who's in Resident Evil 2. He is... Uh, I thought he was a really good cast for this. He's like a schlubby, shitty kind of uh, chief to the, to the police department with nefarious dealings, yeah, which don't come out in the movie, actually. They
1: don't, yeah. I was a little bit disappointed on the about the mm-hmm. use of Donald Logue. Uh,
0: and then, last we have Neil McDonough, who plays William Birkin, uh, one of the scientists for Umbrella in Resident Evil 2. Uh, so that's our whole cast there. Um, now I'll just explain the, the movie pretty much. It's a mixture of Resident Evil 2 and 3. Um, I can see why... I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Resident Evil 1 and 2. Yeah. It is... I, I, and, and like I said, I can see why they did this. Because if they were to just do part 1, I can see the movie turning into an action movie. Where uh, the original Resident Evil was a horror survival horror game. To where it wasn't a bunch of guns blazing. You had very little ammo. You had to go from room to room and try and figure out the mysteries of this mansion. And, um, that's, and I think that would have been a really short movie along with Resident Evil two, I think might've been a little bit, of a longer movie cause you're dealing with two main characters as opposed to maybe one that would be in the Resident Evil movie mm-hmm. because in Resident Evil video game, the first one, you can either take, uh, Jill Valentine as your main character or Chris Redfield. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of like play it off of whomever you picked, you'd have to kind of save the other one. Right so in the, in Resident Evil Two you take the uh you can take the position of either Leon or Claire and uh, they both have similar playthroughs but they both have different kind of stories and are never really together in the mm-hmm. game so you could have made a movie from part two until where these two different characters kind of split up but they didn't do that which I can understand also they mixed one and two together uh so we're one, we are including the mansion in one part of our story, and in the other part of our story, we're with uh, kind of Leon and Claire, in a way, in the police station, away from the mansion area, where our S.T.A.R.S. Yeah. members are, are going to take care of things. But in the original game, it was that um, the S.T.A.R.S. members went to the, the mansion, found it was all haunted and everything, blew up, and then they went back to Raccoon City and told everyone about it, and then that's when Raccoon City went to hell, and then uh, that's where we were originally introduced to Claire and Leon, because Claire is looking for her brother Chris, so she Mm -hmm. goes to Raccoon City, and Leon, it's his first day as a police officer in Raccoon City, and then they meet up and then that's when the game starts. Um, So, that's pretty much the basis of the video games along with the movie and what's going on, but we'll kind of get into... What happens in the movie, uh, and the different, and some more differences that happen along the way. <clears throat> right. Uh, so the beginning of this movie is we're introduced to Chris and Claire. They, this wasn't in the games, but they were uh, orphans in Raccoon City that were. Uh, In like orphaned at an umbrella uh, orphanage. Yeah, there's umbrella
1: owns the whole city, which is similar to the game. But yeah, right. So
0: umbrella is like this corporation that puts up so many different products, and they do nefarious things. Also, they do lab testing on animals and on people and everything. Mm -hmm. So they do a lot of fucked up things, which eventually leads to the mutations and zombie outbreak that happens in Raccoon City so they're they're the catalyst for everything that happens in this Resident Evil series,
1: yeah, I like the way the movie, sorry, mm, go. For I, for. I like the way the movie handles the town's people becoming zombies. Mm-hmm. It's in the water supply, right it slow. It. I thought and that was kind of cool. and it's
0: it's a leak in the water supply, yeah. and then people just don't turn into zombies right away. You get to see them transform into zombies. Which is like the video game, because in the video game, um, you don't really get to see it happen, Mm -hmm. but you do get to read about it in Resident Evil 1, Mm -hmm. where uh, people fill out logbooks saying, you know, this person's fucked up right now, Uh, I can't believe I'm doing these tests, all the way to some of the last pages where we see that that person is infected and their writing is fucked up. And the last page that they write in their journal is Itchy Tasty.
1: Which I believe that journal entry is infamous in a, among Resident Evil fans. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, so we know that these people who are infected are still capable of using tools and everything until finally they just turn. Right. So I like that that little part in the movie. So I think it did a really good job. I think the, the director did a really good job. With setting the tone and getting all those little things in there, those little pieces of Resident Evil to make it into a movie, mm-hmm. I think he did a really good job. He st- stuck incredibly close to it, so I can't really fault him for that.
1: This guy did 47 Meters Yeah, and the, yeah. and the sequel,
0: too. That's mm-hmm. why I was kind of, uh, I was like, all right, great. Um, he knows horror. And the strangers, and yeah. And so he, I, I think he can do this. So, um, okay. Okay. So, from there, we see the Redfield kids get split up. We see that Claire uh, ends up leaving. Chris stays in Raccoon City and becomes a member of STARS. Claire comes back to town to tell Chris that there's something wrong happening in this town, that these people are all getting sick from this, because she's listening to some dude on the internet. Uh, This Mm -hmm. takes place in 1998, which great because that's when the original Resident Evil took place too
1: right.
0: mm-hmm. uh, so there wasn't very much internet yet but she would watch she would get these messages from this one scientist saying that this shit was happening in, in Raccoon City so that's why she ends up heading to Raccoon City to see Chris uh, she ends up breaking into his house and he's there and we get to learn about them a little bit more and how their relationship is fractured
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, how she left because they were uh she saw abuse happening in in the Umbrella orphanage, and she needed to get the fuck out of there. While Kristen braced it himself and became a, a Star's member. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then that's when we and that's when we start to meet some of our other characters. We get to see Leon S. Kennedy. He was from Resident Evil Two. He's a rookie cop. Uh, it's his first day in Raccoon City, and he comes to town, and he's the rookie. Um, he was put there because, uh, through some some uh, some dialogue we get, is that he was transferred from another uh, another department or from his academy is because he accidentally shot one of his uh, other fellow police officers. So he's, we kind of see Leon as kind of a fuck up. Which, okay, uh, we'll get into that right now, uh-huh, actually. Okay. You had a problem with that, with Leon being the Yeah,
1: father. Leon's not a loser. Um, it is implied in Resident Evil 2 that he was hired because of nepotism in mm-hmm. the in Ra- the Raccoon City Police Department.
0: But he's not a loser. Right. And I get why the director made this decision. And it's because, look at the rest of our cast. We yeah. have Jill Valentine, badass. We have Claire Redfield becomes a badass. We have Chris a badass soldier. We have Wesker, who's a badass soldier too. Right. We have all these badasses. Where are we going to have another one? And then, I mean, might we just make the expendables four or we'll, five or wherever so the we'll fuck it? Leon, the loser. We'll kind of make him kind of a loser, yeah. but he does make up a, a lot of it towards the end of the movie, yeah. To which we can see because the progression of the Leon character in the the video games is like he totally has a change of character from Resident Evil 2 to Resident Evil 4 Right. and even so on from there to where his character is is very professional and very just out to to prevent Umbrella from killing people he's he's become a part of the government and secret service and everything so mm-hmm. He, his role becomes a lot bigger in, in the video games. so I can see definitely see why they kind of did that in the movie.
1: Yeah, it didn't bother me too much. I no, mean, no it's like at first not At thing. first
0: it kind of did, but I was like, okay, I, I kind of get it. Now. Yeah. So um, from there we, uh, after we meet Leon, we meet the other members of stars. We get to meet Joe Valentine, we get to meet uh, Wesker and we get to meet Brad Vickers along, uh, again, with Chris Redfield.
1: And Richard, for no reason. Richard also. Richard's, <laughs> in <laughs> Richard's
0: in this movie, too. <laughs> uh, Richard, like in the video game, doesn't last long either. He gets killed off pretty quickly.
1: But in a pretty cool way. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that he That we does. don't get
1: to see in this movie.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, so that's when uh, we get to also meet Chief Irons. He's in charge of the stars, characters, uh, really cool part is that uh, the stars' characters have their own office, and it looks very much like it does, it does in the video game, yeah. along with a police station too, where Leon is tasked to uh, work the front desk over this uh, today, over this one day, and
1: um, yeah, the set yeah. pieces are all fun. All,
0: the set pieces if are all great. If you're a
1: Resident Evil fan, because you you're like, oh, I remember that room. You know all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
0: very the details are, are, are great in this movie. Uh, and so then, that's when it kind of leads us to um, some more of the mysteries that um, Chief Irons gets uh, like a message from the the mansion because uh, Stars Bravo Team, which is a whole other team of Stars members, goes to investigate the mansion. Uh, they lose contact, and then that's when uh, the Stars team is sent to the Arclay Mountains where this mansion is to find out what's going on. And then that's that's where Resident Evil 1, the video game, starts. Mm-hmm. And that's one part of our movie which happens, which uh, is done really well again. We get to see um, just, like, the the opening uh, foyer or whatever you want to call it of the mansion where we see... And it's very... Like, once again, it looks just like the video game and they did a really good job with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when uh, the movie kind of starts for those people. Uh, on the other hand, we also have... On the other part of town, in the police station, we have Leon and we have Chief Irons in the police station. And then that's when Claire, um, also away from them, starts to see some of the people, like the neighbors of Chris, start to change into these zombies and she can tell that. Um, So she ends up (coughs) taking Chris's uh, motorcycle, Mm -hmm. which uh, we, we know that Claire drives in the video game. And then that's when she ends up um, going to the police station and joining up Leon and Chief Irons. Now, Chief Irons in the video game is is a bit different. Um, the way he's portrayed is the same, but his actions are a little different in the game. He's actually, like, a bad guy. Yeah. He's not just kind of like a scaredy-cat scumbucket in the movie. In the game, he actually, um, I want to say he... Uh, he kidnaps the mayor's daughter. Yeah. And he kidnaps I
1: Sherry, say, who's in this movie. And but, Sherry also, yeah.
0: um, who's in Resident Evil 2, who's the daughter of the Neil McDonough character, played by, uh, uh, William Birkin is his name in the video game and mm-hmm. in this movie. And Sherry has like a bigger part in Resident Evil 2, where she kind of latches on to Claire. Yeah. Um, which they really didn't have time to in this movie, to where she's kind of just like a side character with really no development. I, at yeah, all.
1: I kept forgetting that she was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
0: but she uh, she is also in uh, with William Birkin too in this uh, movie. We uh, at some point in time, uh, William Birkin gets a call telling him that Raccoon City is going to explode by six o'clock. So what William does is he grabs his kids and he goes back to the lab because he wants to collect his life's work.
1: Um, with the G-Virus. The G-Virus, the yes, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's when we go back to the police station when Chief Irons, Leon, and Claire are all together. Uh, <clears throat> no one's letting anyone out of Raccoon City. We see that Umbrella has uh, blocked down all the different exits to exit Raccoon City because they're going to blow it up. They're killing people trying to exit. Uh, that's when we get to see the uh, Umbrella kind of costume of uh, this character, Hunk, who's in... Pretty much, I want to say, about five or six of the Resident Evil video games as, like, a tertiary character. But he's always kind of, like, pops up in the games kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we get that. And going back to Leon and Claire, um, they end up finding the conspiracy theory guy who's been locked up in jail in the Raccoon City. And he pretty much tells them what's going on, gives us a bit more exposition before he's killed off.
1: I got to say, I really thought that actor... Was wearing prosthetics.
0: No, he just looks really messed up like that. yeah, that's his face. I've seen him in other things, too, where he's just kind of... (laughs) Because I didn't
1: get... I was like, is he going to be someone else and he's going to take his false teeth out?
0: No, he looks like he's just... They just put that dude in a dark room and let him out. Like, hey, we need a creepy guy for an actor. (laughs) Oh, you'll fit. Those are
1: not prosthetics.
0: No, no, not at all. Um, And so, back at the mansion... um, we get a few more winks from the first Resident Evil video game. And then that's where we see that Wesker is kind of the one of the antagonists of this this movie because he took money from Umbrella to uh, steal the G-Virus or the T-Virus from the, uh, the mansion. And so he can give it to Umbrella and make a shitload of money. Right. Uh, Jill doesn't like this. Um, and then... Uh, that's the, the next part of our movie is when Claire and Chief Irons and Leon go to the mansion and uh, try and find a way out because there's there was a helicopter there. Uh, Brad Vickers was the helicopter pilot in uh, Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2 and 3. We get to see him briefly before he gets killed by Nemesis. Yeah. But uh, he gets killed in this movie and the helicopter explodes and then that's when we find out the only way out of Raccoon City now is that there's a train system underneath the mansion. So everyone's there. Uh, need to get to the train. They save Sherry. Uh, zombies are everywhere. We got. They introduce the liquor from the Resident Evil series, which is in Resident Evil Two, or first mm-hmm. introduced in Resident Evil Two, uh, very briefly. Uh, we also see the William Birkin monster, which turns into our, our main antagonist towards the end of the movie. And, um, and then towards the end, it's just pretty much all of like the horror and action to get out of Raccoon City. And they do, and Raccoon City explodes, and they make it out in time. And then that's the end of the movie. So it's... I like how they... They did put the first two together it, it made a lot more sense, and it moved things along a lot quicker. Um, I th- also think that maybe the director was like, "Well, let's kind of get these both these movies in here because there might not be a second one uh, right. and although they they do set it up for a sequel by showing that Wesker wasn't killed in the lab, that he was actually saved by Ada Wong, who's a character who's in Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Four and Six. <laughs> so, Is she in three? No, okay. no. She she uh, accompanies Leon in his games, not Jill's or Claire's okay. games. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, and that's pretty much the movie. Um, I read. I didn't read a lot of reviews, but I saw a lot of um, of different ratings for this movie, and they're really poor. And I and and I think the reason is is, is that I, I, this movie did follow really closely, and it did. There was tension in this movie, like horrific tension, just like the video games. But I think a lot of people were used to this Resident Evil headshot kind of action-packed movie from the Paul W. S. Anderson films, and there, maybe they're expecting it to kind of piggyback off that which they totally didn't this is a horror movie this isn't an action movie at all so i think this movie worked really well and i did enjoy it and yes there are parts that don't work and there's a lot of stuff that if you're not a resident evil fan does need to be explained to you but i do recommend this for every resident evil fan and you won't be disappointed
1: Yeah, for every Resident Evil fan, that's the Mm -hmm. point that I want to make too. So first I want to have my, I want to state my nerd problem with this movie. Okay, go for it. State them all. that Barry's not in it. Barry's not in it. for some reason Richard and Brad are. Mm -hmm. Whatever.
0: Well, you needed fodder (laughs) in this movie. You needed some people to die. Because we had a lot of people at the end of this movie survive.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I missed Barry. Mm
0: -hmm. I missed Barry too. I missed, um, (laughs) what's her face? Chris's kind Rebecca. of Rebecca Chambers is also what no, isn't in here, but I would have liked to have seen her in this yeah. movie, too.
1: I want to get back to, and I'm glad it didn't follow, like, one and two exactly, because mm-hmm. it needs to be its own thing. That's true, yes. But I want to get back to Resident Evil fans liking this movie. I feel like if you're not, if you haven't played the games at all, there's no reason for you to watch this movie or mm-hmm. enjoy it.
0: Yes, that's true. I agree with
1: that. I think that this was made for the fans, whereas the Resident Evil franchise... Paul W.S. Anderson was like, okay, well, I have to make it friendly for a broad audience. Yes. Not just Resident Evil fans. Right. Um... I'm not I, I I liked the first Resident Evil by Paul W. S. Anderson. It didn't bother me that it was completely no, no, different from yeah, the story. And then all much. the other movies after that are just more of the same. And by the time we got yeah. to three, I was like, I'm done. I, yeah. I don't think I've even seen the rest I of it. I
0: think that. Apocalypse probably did the best job of those okay. movies because it that's when they were like, Hey, let's introduce characters from the game <laughs> right, Exactly.
1: And that's when they start doing that and don't get me started on what's his name is Chris. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's what I. That's why I think it's. I bet it's probably getting poor scores from people who have never played the video game mm-hmm. because there are so many things that don't make any sense. Because this movie is basically all winks to the video game. Right. And I also think maybe it's getting low scores from people who love the video game because they're like, "What even is the point of this movie?" That I'd rather too. Play the well, video game. Well,
0: also I think a lot of people. Now don't get me wrong on this. Whoever's listening, I think a lot of people who primarily are into video games and not so much into movies don't get film as much
1: right since we love both forms of media i think yeah we enjoy both
0: it would be like me reading a book (laughs) like oh this i don't know about this kind of this reading a
1: book of a movie that you loved or something right or or
0: something like that i think it's kind of akin to that yeah um So yeah, this is a movie where you you have to kind of know Resident Evil a bit or if you go in there completely blind, you might like it cuz there is still tension in this movie. This is still a horror yeah. movie. And they kind of keep the comedy to a minimum also, and it's not very lighthearted also.
1: But the winks in and of themselves are funny, mm-hmm. like when Wesker sits down at the piano, I know what he's going to play, yep. even though that's not the character who plays it in the video game.
0: But you know, though. You know what's going to happen. the first
1: zombie in the mansion, I know exactly what's going to happen, and yes. that's exactly what happens in the video game. Yes. So, I don't know, I'm actually... Su- I-, I enjoyed this movie. We both did. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually surprised, I don't know, that, that you're not interested in Ghostbusters because of all the winks, but that you really enjoyed them in the Resident Evil movie. Uh-huh. And it's because of all the winks,
0: right? Well, the, well, the difference is is that the the form of media has changed,
1: right? That's true.
0: With yeah. Afterlife, they're just copying a movie it's that came out movie. before. Yeah, this is a recreation of something that's existed uh, in a different media format. So, with Ghostbusters, I like, like I said, I haven't seen it before, but it, it kind of seems like they're just taking the same steps that they took before, they even. Do even incorporating a villain from 40 years ago yeah villains from which 40
1: years the Ghostbusters ago. video game does but since it's a different form of media I don't care exactly it's you're right okay
0: but I uh, I recommend this Resident Evil movie I think it's better than the other ones different but I think it's also yeah. better they I think they nailed it um, Me too. Yeah.
1: I just think if you're not a fan of Resident Evil at yes. all, I just don't think you'll care.
0: Right. I yeah. agree. You kind of think this is like a um, cut and paste kind of horror yeah. movie with effects that aren't all that good either. Yeah. They're not really that great. But I look past that because of all the the different nods and the the setup and just the the art of all the different places that we go and the settings and, and I, it, it really, it really put me in there for Resident Evil. Yeah. So uh, it's a, it's a definite yes for me.
1: Me too. I had fun. Check mm-hmm. it out. I wouldn't have gone to see it in the theaters. I would have waited yeah. until I could rent it, but you wanted to go and yes. so we went. So yeah. We-
0: uh, yeah, there was only like four other people in the theater, too. It was on a well, Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> but That's
1: just, that's what movie theaters look like now. Yeah. I don't think that's a testament to how popular it is. Right, right. And it's also yeah. been out for a few weeks, too. So but That's true, yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City, everyone. Um, don't expect too much of a backstory for a lot of your characters, but it was still enjoyable. Yeah. So, uh, check it out.
1: Yeah, I had a good time. Check it out.
0: All right, guys. We'll be back in a few weeks with our top ten lists. So please join us then, and we will see you later.
1: Thanks for listening.